so sorry about that so sorry so sorry thanks for joining back in hi moses thank you for joining hi tunji thanks for coming back rukeme preshi thank you for coming back thank you thank you thank you pdams for coming to my rescue too victoria welcome pk welcome back thank you <laughs> my husband is like i must be the first here thank you so so much i saved the video i saved it thank you i made sure i deleted any backlog on my phone today because nonsense must not happen it's only in nigeria that you need to have backup internet when you're online i don't understand Jeez. all right so let's continue uh, marriage is a ministry and um <laughs> marriage is a ministry and we're going to read ephesians 5 and i know that scripture has been read so many times but it's such a vital scripture we're going to read ephesians 5 Man marriage is a ministry so like I always say, my marriage is not just for me. In fact, I'm, I'm secondary in my marriage because I'm uncode. I'm doing it because of the kingdom that God wants to project. As we all know, that Ephesians 5 compares um, the relationship between Christ and the church with marriage. So what Christ is doing with the church is what I'm supposed to be doing with my marriage. And I will try to explain that, if not today, next week. But what Christ is trying to do with the church is what I'm supposed to be doing with my marriage. So every time my eyes are supposed to be on Christ and saying, what are you doing at this time? Yes, we know the overall plan is to bring reconciliation. And that is the overall plan, reconciliation between God and man. So that is the overall plan. Wanting her mother-in-law to die first. <laughs> oh, her mother-in-law to die first before she gets married. Okay. Um, I will try to talk about that. So if I do not understand that, or I'm not passionate about that, or I'm not sold out to that, I will not be fulfilling marriage based on scripture. So I might be happy, I might be cool, I might be doing well, but I'm not really meeting that heart cry of, of, of Christ. So it's very important. Marriage is a ministry. And then closely tied to that is that I know I've been given a gift of a good marriage. It's a gift. And the thing about gifts is you're so happy about them that you're telling everybody about it, which is really just like the gift of Jesus Christ. I'm so happy about the marriage I have. I know what it is. I know where it's going. I know what God is doing in it. And so I want to tell other people about it. So my gift is not just for myself. I want people to see it. I want people to have a taste of it. I don't mean it says on my husband. That one, thunder. So I want people to have a taste of, oh, I can have a good marriage. Like I like to say, God is working. Relationships are working. Marriages are working. Right? So but we, if we, we, we can only get the best out of it if we do it God's way. So I'm going to address a couple of things people usually talk about. And I'm like, no, this does not apply to Christians. So let's begin to go into it. What is marriage? And the different definitions that we can give, and probably all or many of them are correct. But let's just go with this for this purpose. It's two individuals, two whole individuals, two whole individuals. Hi, Ruth. It's good to see you. <laughs> Why are people laughing? Two whole individuals, male and female male and female no matter how much um the western world america and co are trying to legalize gay marriage i know pk has done a session on this i hope a lot of us were in it and we understand our bible it's not natural that was not god what that's not what god designed and so please let's not get into that trap of don't judge don't judge to the extent that we cannot speak the truth how be it in love how be it in understanding how be it in patience but it's man and woman if Two women are married. It's not. It's not godly, and it's not a marriage that. <laughs> Let me say this word with care. It's not a marriage that God recognizes. What am I even saying with care? But let me say it with care. It's not a marriage that God recognizes. 
the state might recognize it, but God doesn't recognize that as a marriage, right? And that's going to bring us to divorce. It's not really the state that joins you in marriage. It's God that joins you in marriage. So when you want to get a divorce and you go to the court to get divorced, I'm like, was it really the court that joined you together? Have you really spoken to God and God said divorce? Because it was God that joined you together, really, especially in a Christian marriage, right? But I mean, I know maybe there are one or two things here and there we can talk about. But generally speaking, yeah. Right, so two whole individuals, male and female, who understand themselves and their purpose and are ready to commit to a lifelong journey to serve, honor, and love one another, submitting everything to God. So you are whole, and I'm going to talk about the power of being single. Maybe I should just do that from the get-go. You are whole. Hi, Auntie Moji. Good evening. Olu, good to see you. You are whole. You understand yourself and you understand your purpose. So a lot of times when people now get married and they're like, my husband is doing this and I'm not really interested and I'm trying to drag him to do this. I want him to do this. He should be doing more of this. I'm like, why are you now dragging him now? Did you guys settle where we were going and if we could go together, are we going in the same direction? Is he a banker and you want someone who is more active in church or who is more committed to uh, ministry work? Or is he a banker? And, um, okay, let me not even call, let me not even call any job. Let me not even put myself in trouble. But are you guys happy as friends? But when you come together for a lifelong relationship, you realize that you're going in two different directions. So it's not that his purpose is bad or your own is bad. It's not that they don't, they don't just jail. So when I met my husband, someone who could speak, someone who was in ministry, I'm like, every other thing can fall under these things. Whatever else I decide to do. If I decide to be a teacher, I'm still speaking. And it's still flexible. And so I can do whatever with him. He's in ministry. I didn't, want, I didn't just want someone who was a Christian and goes to church on a Sunday. I wanted someone who was really into ministry. So go, I knew at some point I would have to resign my 9 to 5 job. Would I be fine with that and do ministry? Fine. So it's very important that you both understand your purpose and what, um, if it can work. So don't just be excited about, oh, we're friends. We have chemistry. We jive. Exactly, can two work together except they agree. You know, a lot of times people quote the scriptures, but when they now get into the love and the feelings and all of that, they forget. A lot of people ignore a lot of things, and then when you now get into the marriage, you now start having counseling upon counseling upon counseling. Personally, I do not believe that counseling should be a regular thing, and I know that I might be spoiling a market for counselors or even I won't even say myself because I don't expect you to come to me so often with the same thing. Counseling is just supposed to be like intervention at different points. Because if you guys understand yourselves, understand what you're doing, are committed to one another, you will need less counseling. I'm not saying counseling is a no-no. There are times when there are major issues that keep re um, reoccurring or recurring. And you are loggerheads, yes. Some people, maybe in their first year, they say might be a bit tough, yes. But it's not supposed to be. You're not, you're not supposed to go in for sessions all the time, right? Okay. So that is what marriage is. So let me talk about the power of being single. You know, a lot of times when we think about it, we say that when God um, was thinking about the world, creating the world, he created the family first um, as a prototype, if you will, for all the other families of the earth to be born through and for the kingdom of God to be established. In a sense, that is true. But what is more true, what is truer, is that God created man first. And I'm going to talk, I'm going to shake this table a little bit. And I really just want us to hear my intention. God created a single person first. Adam was single. 
and let me even shake another table first adam was single and he was cutting grass by himself naming animals by himself feeding himself we didn't really have bills to pay there Sha, but let's just say paying bills himself so fam why is it that when you guys now marry you guys don't want to do anything you would just want to kick back where's my food where's my dinner have you made the bed have you bought the kids why are some guys like that i know it's not all of them but adam was alone for a minute before anybody came on the scene so i don't think even on that premise alone it's cool when guys just expect the woman to do everything in the house because the woman is more domesticated or more of a natural whatever right so god created man as a single person he created man as a single person so god when god breathed his life into the man god breathed his essence into the man god breathed his his power his abilities his creativity his essence yeah seriously you guys need to answer adam was alone by himself hi nice to have you here right God put his, his best, his likeness in Adam. So a single man, but yet so powerful. A single man, so full of God. A single man, so confident in who he was. Not even knowing that he needed somebody else. He didn't think he needed Instagram. He didn't think he needed 10,000 followers. He didn't think that he needed a fat bank account. He was, quote unquote, filled, I was going to say fully God, but let's just say filled with God. And that was great. That was great. Because he had the breath of God in him, he could name animals, he could feed himself, he could sit next to the lion and be all right. He was having a good time. He was having conversations with God, like face to face, like, I don't know, not face to face. So. He was having conversations with God, like on the regular, as a single person as a single person so please it is very important to know that when god started the whole world he started with a single person he didn't start it with a married person he did not start it with a married person so please i want single ladies single guys here to understand that their lives do not revolve about ha around having a relationship like i always say like i wrote in my book by the way single ladies on this call buy my book buy my book because what usually happens after sessions like this is that my dm is full and i don't mind that honestly hi e. i honestly don't mind that i respond to my dms i like talking with people but to talk to 20 people about the same thing can be daunting if you read my book you have answers to a lot of questions and maybe when you come by the time you get back to me you only have one or half or just a thank you and it helps you it guides you it's not just about you so so people look at me and say a couple goals there's a reason we are couple goals. It's not just because we are fine. There's a reason we are couple goals. And I put it inside a book for you. Right? So it will help. It will really help you. Been married for six years and my husband for about 12 years. So I've compressed that into 100 and something pages for 2,500 naira, 1,500 naira online. It's not too much. Right? So that's the power of being single. God started the whole world with a single person. He put his whole self or his essence into a single person. The hard copy of the book is 2,500 and the online copy on Okada books is 1,500. Pastor Delacqua, it's good to see you. Thank you so much for joining. So please, carry your singleness on your chests. As in, carry your full chest. Be happy, be proud, be excited. 
be purposeful know that god has put his essence in that single you right it doesn't make you less in any way <laughs> thank you babe it doesn't make you less in any way right if if adam wasn't good enough god not have brought him someone if god think if, if god thought there were some faults in adam he would have worked more on adam before he brought the woman so i'm not saying that you're perfect or anything but god thinks you're great god thinks you're all that so please enjoy your singlehood let me now talk a bit about the fact that god created man first the male man first anyone who's followed me for a minute knows i'm always on this um yeah so if you if you check <laughs> the link is in my bio to get my book the link is in my bio so just check my bio my disha page check out everything else on my disha page but you get the link there thank you for that reminder i haven't forgotten that i have disha page god help me right um so people who listen to me often know that i shake this table all the time and i think it's a very necessary table to shake i really think so now god created the male man first for a reason God, God created the male man first for a reason. God needed to create some sort of precedence. Right? So there's responsibility with that and I'll come to that. But I'm talking to the women now. God created the man first for a reason. He needed precedence. He needed someone to lay an example. He needed someone to give instructions to that would then speak to the woman. Right? He needed someone to lay a pattern. He needed someone to be the head. He needed someone to be the leader. So he created the male man first. And then he put himself into the man. And now said, okay, what now what I have put in you, put into the male woman. So we are all man, men, in God's eyes. But there's man male and there's man female. So God created Tammy, good to see you. Long time no chat. It's good to see you. God created the male man first. So please, 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 and please, I beg you. Remember, we're talking about Christian marriage. We're not talking about world marriage or Hollywood marriage or temporal marriage, whatever that is. We're talking about Christ-centered marriage. Your husband as the husband and the male man comes first for a reason. So all this talk of I have more certificates than he does. All this talk of where was he when I agreed to marry him. Hey, married him. Bang. I agreed to marry him. Why? All this nonsense of my father sent me to school. I have a brain. Yes, exercise your brain. But exercise it with brain. Exercise it in all humility. Exercise it with decency. Exercise it with firmness if you need to. But with politeness and respect right <laughs> i shelled he he is there as a head for a reason so a lot of people now bring things about this whole submission matter and they're like do will you submit to a man who is will you submit to a man who is a drunkard will you submit to a man who asks you to go and uh, kill somebody will you submit to a man who is not loving you christ is loving the church so if he's not loving you don't submit to him nonsense nonsense they <laughs> say you're on here thank you favor jerry i'm favored in your sight thank you nonsense am i endorsing a man should do rubbish no no but this is the deal we're always talking about christian marriage and god married this is the deal and this is why we say marry someone who's born again marry someone who knows god 
I'm not saying marry a man who, um, you know, respects the thing, you know, you know, respects the things of God, who believes that there is a God. I'm not saying marry a man who, you know, now and then, you know, he prays. That's not what I'm talking about. Yes, there's room for growth. <laughs> but marry a man who is committed to God, who understands the heart of God. So he might not have everything on fire like you want him to, but that heart is channeled to God. So God can always mold it. So when I hear people say things like that, I'm like, a man or a woman who, is re who really has the heart of God is going to want to be like him. Is going to want to be like him. So I will submit to him. I will submit to that man, even if at certain moments he's behaving as if God is not living inside of him. But because I know that he's connected to God, he will get it. He's not moved. He's not wired by Hollywood. He's not wired by the media. He's not wired by the boys. He's not wired by alcohol. He's wired by God. So as electrician, they walk, they connect, they connect. Since they spark, last, last, lights bulb go on. Do you understand? Because the electrician knows what he's doing. He has studied for this. Well, in Nigeria, we don't really study for it, but he knows what he's doing. And so last, last, wire, wire go touch, lights go on. Do you understand? So he, because he's connected to God, I don't have to wait for him to be perfect all the time for me to submit. I don't have to wait for her to be perfect all the time for me to love her. Do you understand? Do you get what I'm trying to say, guys? Thanks for your comments. I can see them. And like I say, if your boss sometimes at work is doing anyhow, do you walk out of the job? Don't you think about it first? Do you just walk out like that? They tell you you're supposed to come to get, arrive work at 6.30 and no longer 6.45. Do you resign and storm out? Do you just get angry and say you're not doing it again? Ah, And please, that one is even a job, or you can even last, last, get angry. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know why people have this notion that I schooled abroad or anything. I've never schooled abroad. Okay, I've done one or two professional courses online, but I've never sat in any class abroad. I'm just, it's yellow that is helping me. I'm from Worry. I lived in Benin City, but... I know how to be a lady. Everyone can't stop talking about. Yeah. Right. Pick and me forget what I'm saying. So just ju just leave this um, 21st century people who are all about, I can do bad all by myself and I don't need to submit to a man who is not like God and I don't need to love a woman who is not like God and all of that. It doesn't really apply to us. All right. So let's read Genesis 2. Let's read. Let's read Bible a bit think I'm doing pretty okay with time like I said today I'm just laying some foundations this week I will next week I'll lay a bit more foundations and then from there oops from there I'll get my guest sorry I'm trying to unlock my laptop let's read Bible <laughs> I look abroadish so apparently my great grandfather is irish i never met him he's white so he remains small for me he left a little bit for me but this nigeria that i'm in doesn't want me to be great when i was in the uk ah my god as i start using cream forget cream who cream it my recolor came out <laughs> but yeah thank you guys so let's read genesis 2 where is genesis 2 all right let's read from verse 7 I'm laying foundations. Uh, thank you, Pastor Dolapo. 
Genesis 2 from, from, from verse 7, I'm laying foundations. We are reading Amplified Classic Version is my version of choice tonight. All right. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of the spirit of life and man became a living being okay so let's take note of some key things god breathed into him so he has the life of god number one verse eight and the lord god planted a garden toward the east and there he put the man who he had formed framed constituted hold that thought and out of the ground the lord god made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight or to be desired good suitable pleasant for food the tree of life also in the center of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of the difference between good and evil uh, blessing and calamity uh -huh. verse 11 verse 12 verse 13 verse 14 verse 15 now and the lord god took the man and put him in the garden of eden to tend to guard and to keep it to tend, to guard, and to keep it. So we have seen that God breathed into the man. So the man is filled with the presence of God. That breath is the life of God, the presence of God, right? We see that God has put him in a garden and God has given him work to do. So he's a man that is filled with the breath, the presence, the essence of God. He's a man who has work that he's doing. And he's a man, the Bible says, to tend and to guard it. So to tend is to take care of. And to guard is also to protect. So we see that the man is in the presence of God. He has the power to protect. He is working. And he knows how to groom. Those four things for the man. So intending and um, guarding, intending and guarding the garden, he's preserving it. He's protecting it. So he's a preserver, he's a protector, and he has the presence of God. These are key elements that a man you want to marry should have. Forget all that story of men are not really expressive. Fine, personality-wise, maybe. But like my husband will always say, you cannot talk life wire. And be the same there must be an outward expression of that inner conviction there must be fervency i don't know why we overlook that scripture a lot we say it but i don't see us doing it and i know very part of the scripture i'm talking about is the fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much the word fervent means that at some point your body will vibrate at some point your your voice will go loud at some point you will bust tongues don't go and it's not the one of two seconds everywhere bursts in that area. Two seconds everywhere bursts in the presence of God. Do you get what I'm saying? So, yes, a man might be more, you know, not as emotional and outgoing as a woman. But that's subject to debate because look at, look at David. How many kingdoms has your boyfriend or your husband built? How many? How many temples for God has he built? How many kings and queens and men of skill have come to your husband or your boyfriend to lay treasures at his feet so that he can build the temple for God? How many? How many, how many men? Oh my God, my children are coming into this place. How many men have stayed with your husband 
How many hundreds of men have stayed in your husband in a cave where your husband was down and out? You know, these days you will hear that you will now call your friends in time of need. One million you cannot raise. David had men. Um, this, I'm not sure. I will ask my husband. I wasn't going to put it on IGTV. I was going to put it on my YouTube channel. But I might put it on my YouTube channel and IGTV. Hey, my children are here. So sorry. One second, guys. You finished it? No, you didn't finish it. Okay. So your daddy is finished the that. Guys, mommy is doing something. I'll be right back. Please. Yes, sorry. So, meat pie. Oh, send me meat pie. You can have this or for Yeah. I'm so sorry about that. Housekeeping matters. Right? So sorry. Yeah, let's see my life. Oh. Eh? That's, that's your life. In a minute, that's what you'll be doing. Somebody just pooped. You have to change diaper. Yeah, so I will consider putting on IGTV. Maybe I will actually. Because I really want people to get this. <laughs> Don't worry. They will come, PK. You'll see them. Um, yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for understanding. Now I forgot what I was talking about. Uh, yes, man. So how many... David was a worshipper. I mean, my guy wrote a whole book in the Bible now. A lot. Well, not the whole book. But a lot of the Psalms. Come on. David, worshiper, and a man in B, and it's not by good out stout. So all this talk of a man is not that expressive, he's not that da 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 da. How many people pass David? <laughs> How many people pass David? So please, the next time your man is like, eh, I'm not really, I'm not really, really, really in your mind. I'm saying David, the spirit of David, the spirit of David, and then talk with him, talk with him, yeah. So um. <sighs> I can't remember the, the first point that I was making, Sha, but I know right now I've spoken about why the male man came first. I must and say, let me talk to the men as well. You are first because, see, God gave Adam instruction. Eve was not there when God was telling Adam all these things. So it's you're the head, but you're at the bottom. You are the head, but you're the foundation. Everything rests on you. That is why I always say I don't envy men. I don't envy them. Everything rests on them. God gave Adam the instruction and Adam was to relate the way God told him to Eve. So everything about the garden, purpose, tree of knowledge of good and evil, whatever. It was, it was God telling Adam and Adam telling Eve. So all the one of, um, my husband does not need to be the prophet or priest in my home. I have enough fire for two of us. Ah, I'm not saying don't have your own fire. I'm not saying once in a while you can't cover for him. I'm not even now saying go and drag him and say, don't you know you are the leader in this house? Do morning devotion, man. It's not, that's, that's not the way to go about it. But please, don't marry a man who is not committed to prayer, who is not fervent, who cannot hear God and lead you. I know a lot of times because we're now in this work generation and women are, you know, becoming more and more outspoken and in places of leadership, they take that leadership into the home and you want to lead the man. And it, it spoils both ways. Because for the woman, because she's not naturally designed to be a leader in the home. Yes, I said it. You're not supposed to be the leader in your home. You're not supposed to be. What's open baby about? Oh, as in your heart. Piki, please. I told you to lose my hand, uh, Piki. Lose it. <laughs> right? Hey, if ever say chef. Yeah? So... Oh, this happens to me all the time. Holy Spirit, help me. Yeah, you're not supposed to be the leader in your home. I said it. You are not supposed to be. 
So the uh, so when because there's that we have you know the Bible says that God has placed eternity in our heart. So there are some things we know, even though we can't always explain it or articulate it. Or the twenty first century has warped a lot of things for us. But a woman who is trying to be the leader in the house, she's going to be tired. So she's going to get angry. She's going to get angry and feel like, why are you not doing anything now? Why haven't you made the decision? What school are the children going to go to? What church are we going to go to? When are we going to pray? There's been a long-standing issue in our family. Why isn't it going? So if she's the one pushing all the time, you're most welcome, Timothy. Thank you, babe. You're most So if she's the one pushing all the time, she's going to get frustrated. She's going to start telling pastors and counselors in secret that... I don't know, I've tried to tell him, but he's just happy the way he is. He's just chilled. And it's frustrating for a woman. It's frustrating. And see, let me tell you, like I said, ha, this is why you need to be open to the Spirit of God and you need to attend sessions like this and buy books and study. Because like I said, when you're in the relationship, he'll be sweating you. When you're in the relationship, what will be in your mind? Ah, oh, he's so chilled. He doesn't even have stress. <laughs> He doesn't even have stress. He's so soft-spoken. He's not all about the place. He's not even asking me for sex. But when it comes into marriage and you need him to make decisions, you'll be like, don't be so soft-spoken. Don't be so chilled. Don't be so laid back. So yes, it might have a good side, but you must also think about the other side of it. Yeah, you need all the information in a short time, but please, there's no rush to get married. But yes, get as much as you can because marriage is... is Till death do you part, or till Jesus comes. So-called men of God, they are not filled with the Spirit of God. God help us. So don't don't be so carried away by he's a chilled guy. He's so cool. He's cool, calm, and collected. <laughs> Sometimes spirit things don't need cool, calm, and collected. They don't. They don't. All right. So, so the man, you must know that you are the head, but you're also the foundation. And it is what God dispenses to you that the woman is coming for. And you know, the woman is, she's an incubator. We've heard that so many times. You know, I was on a live session with my husband yesterday or two days ago. And they were asking me, how do I deal with him being a pastor? And he, me dealing with a time where, you know, he has all these lofty dreams. Some of them were not coming to pass. How did I hold on in the times that the things were not coming to pass? And, you know, I answered as truthfully as I could. And this is the truth. I never have, I never have such times. I never have, I never have such, such times where I feel, oh my God, this thing is not happening. And it's not because the things had already happened. It's because when I come to my husband, I'm coming to a man who has spoken to God. So what he's giving me is vision. What he's giving me, this is going to happen. This is how it is going to happen. God is going to do this. We are going to do this. We are going to travel here. We are going to be on TV. Our children are going to be this. Our marriage is going to be a model marriage. We are going to go to nations even if we are just in Nigeria. That is what he tells me. So what I have to incubate, what I'm impregnated with, it's what I'm going to give birth to. I hope you guys are getting what I'm saying. What he gives to me. How will I put it? Now the money where husband give wife. Now the money where the ingredients we buy. Now he go buy. So if the soup no sweet. <laughs> from sauce. If meat no rich. From sauce. If. If there's more salt than soup. Or more soup than salt. From sauce. I know there are some things that have to do with the cook yourself, but most things are from source. And let me just say, let me just, let me say this again, still talking about the men. See, one of my desires with this series is I really want men to wake up. And I know they really say that it's not in a woman's place to talk to a man. And I get it. I agree that men will receive things better when it's coming from another man. But I really want men to rise. 
a lot of times I speak and people are like, I, I'm so supportive of, supportive of men. And I've said it a lot that even when I was teaching, one of my students said to me, I know, you, I know it's good to like your husband, but you, you support this man too much. I support men a lot. I support men a lot because I know that they are the foundation. I know that if the men get it right, the woman will get it right, the wife will get it right, the children will get it right, and the society will be better. I know, I know this so much because that was God's raw material from the very beginning. Let me not give away. Let me not let me not give away my guess. Anyway, if I already feel this shot, but let, let me my guess, a lot of my guests are women, men. In fact, almost all my guests are men. In fact, I can say all my guests are men. And it's intentional. At least for now, it's very intentional. Right? Let me say this about source. Just I just spoke about source. You know, the word father means source and sustainer. Listen very carefully. And I want you guys to pray. I want you to study the word. I want you to ask questions. Please. I beg you, study the word, pray, ask questions. The word father means source and sustainer, meaning that the father is the source and he sustains what he outs, I was going to say outsource, but that might not be the word. He needs to sustain what comes out of him. So when a woman comes to a man in marriage, he becomes the source as God is the man's source. And so it is God that sustains him. God is not just a father. That's why he's not irresponsible. He doesn't breath us and then leave us. He doesn't get us saved and then leave us to walk by ourselves. No, he's holding a hand all through until we meet him again. Now, we're half hour with you and Dino Melaye now. What happened? Who is Okonkwo? What is going on? Pastor Kingsley, men rise. I'm not sure. Why is Pastor Kingsley's name, name coming up? Joe. Yes, if the foundation is destroyed. So God sustains us. So the man, in this context, context especially, the man is the, is the source and the sustainer of the woman. So if you are not receiving from the source, you are going to be dry. You are going to be dry. And it's going to cause, when there's dryness, there's a lot of friction. And when there's a lot of friction, there are a lot of sparks. That was a spark. And sparks can cause fire. And fire will burn down houses. Do you get what I'm trying to say? One second, guys. <sighs> There's fire going on. Good fire. Right? So it's very important that um, the man understands that. He understands that. And that is why the women also need to submit to the man. He's the source and he's the sustainer. Right? And then the woman receives, she passes on to the children along with the husband. Thank you. Passes it on to the children. That is how it works. Okay, let me move along quickly. I'm trying to touch on about two or three more points. Hmm, I'm going to touch on the issue of... Um, PK, I'll address the mother-in-law thing next week. The issue of God choosing spouses for you. Let me quickly touch on that. And I want to talk on um, the issue of divorce. I'll talk on the issue of divorce. So I'll talk up, quickly talk about God choosing a spouse for you divorce and um why you shouldn't love anybody with a reason those three things let me quickly talk about this first one so the bible says that God, uh, can i find it is it in um genesis 2 as well but da 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 yeah Okay, so Genesis 2.22, and the rib or part of his side, which the Lord God had taken from the man, he built up, excuse me, and made into a woman, 
and he brought her to the man. Then Adam said, this creature, excuse me, is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And she shall be called woman because she was taken out of a man. Meanwhile, it's Jesus that said this thing. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall become united and cleave to his wife. And they shall become one flesh. In Matthew, we're going to read Matthew shortly. Matthew 19, Jesus said that they shall become one flesh. The word there brought, and he brought her to the man, is, is, is what is translated as presented, paraded, right? I know God always had family in mind. He paraded Eve before Adam, presented Eve to Adam like, guy, what do you think about this? Maybe Adam would have named her a bear or something. But Adam looked at her and said, this is my speck. This woman looks like me. This man is good stuff. So God did not even impose Eve as his wife on him. He presented Eve. And Adam was like, yeah, God, you have me in mind. You have me in mind. You have me in mind. And so God will present people to you. Now, now we're going to the debate of is there only one person for a man or a woman? I don't really think so. For the simple logical reason, without going into much debate, that if God forbid someone's spouse dies, does that mean they can't remarry? We know that's not true, right? So God will present people to you and not up to you to choose based on the not. I'm saying you, you always choose at your level. You will always choose at your level. So the kind of girlfriend, the kind of boyfriend, the kind of wife, the kind of husband, the kind of fiance, fiance. And I know my husband in his head has said financier or fiance. Please, why do people say fiance? Can we take two seconds to talk about that? Why do people say fiance? There's nothing like fiance. It's fiance or fiance, and there is definitely no financier. There's financier as in money matters, but not in this situation. Right. Again, I have forgotten what I was talking about. Yeah, so God will, God will present. But it's based on the knowledge that you have. So you marry at your level. So the kind of um, person you're in a relationship with now, if you're angry, the person you should really be angry at is yourself. If you're angry, if you're upset, if you feel shortchanged, you should also be angry at, your, at yourself. Yes, the person might have his or their own fault, but be angry at yourself because now you choose. And you know, while somebody might not be perfect, even when you choose them, but the content in you should be able to influence that person through the spirit of God as you go. <laughs> Curtis said, finally. <laughs> yeah, but it's, 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 it's the truth. It's the truth. Like Miles Monroe will say that God is not so stupid to choose somebody for you. Because when he now chooses, if somebody, something goes wrong, you will now blame him. Last, last shall, Adam still blamed God. And God is just like, fam, I told you what to do. You didn't do it. <laughs> right? So, oh gosh. Okay, please. I don't even want to go off script anymore. So you marry at your level. The person is like you. You're, you're content by help of the Holy Spirit. You're able to channel the relationship in the right way. So if your relationship is not going right, don't blame God or blame anything else. Blame your input and your output. Blame your content and your manner of expressing and uh, implementing that content. Let me quickly jump ahead of myself into next week and say there's a difference between being saved and having the knowledge for a relationship. I hope we know that. So someone has said, I'm you're, you're, you, the person is saved, the person doesn't want to have sex with you because that's a major problem. Now, the person doesn't have sex with you, the person is in ministry and all of that. 
And so as a girl or a guy, don't be like, oh, because these days are so hard to find God-fearing people. I found one. That you might still end up in divorce, even with that. Because the person is like, I got God, but I don't have his knowledge. So you, you, you need to be very careful about that. Now let me talk about divorce. I, quickly, I really, really want to touch on this. I really, 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 this is, from this is the core of this session. Because our, our marriages are not supposed to end in divorce. If Christ and the church is exemplified through our marriage and there is no end in Christ and the church, there is no end in our covenant, then there should be no end in our marriage until Jesus calls us. I want, I want this to really sink. If there is no break, they don't break up, they don't separate, they don't divorce, they don't go to court, God, Christ, the Trinity, they are still one. The church and Christ will never get a divorce then why are we getting divorces? We need to find out what is wrong. Hi, Distics. It's good to see you. We find out what is wrong. Let's read Matthew 19 because a very popular scripture even believers bring up all the time is, but we can't get divorced on the grounds of adultery. Let's read that scripture. And I really, I really, really want, I want us to have conversations. Please, in case we have forgotten two things, even if you've left or you're about to leave or you will leave at the end, please tag me in a post or in a story. I want, I want to repost as much as possible so that we get more people in and the knowledge of God fills the earth. I wasn't going to put this up on IG, but I think I'll put it up on IG, I'll put it up on YouTube, I'll put it up on my Anchor page, which will all be on my um, Disha, um, my Disha page in my bio or on Instagram. Let's read Matthew 19 real quick. This will be the last thing I will talk about. Uh, Alright, and the Pharisees came 19.3. And the Pharisees came to him and put him to the test by asking. And my husband explained something in this scripture that changed my life forever. I studied further, listened to some messages further, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And by God's grace, I'm convinced about this. And Pharisees came to him to put him to the test by asking, Is it lawful and right to dismiss and repudiate and force one's wife for and for any and every cause? Let me also say something here. If you want to leave your marriage, you will find a reason you can. Let me just say it now. If you have a reason in the first place, that brings me something I didn't want to talk about. I will expatiate on this. Let me just underline it here next week. If you have a reason why your, a reason your marriage can break up, you've just opened the door for a possibility for a breakup to happen. Let's back that up a little bit. If you have a reason, if you can write me a thesis, or write me a bullet point PowerPoint slide on why you love your spouse. And I know this sounds a bit contradictory and funny. And on the surface, it might hold no water. But when we get deeper into the roots, which I'll talk about next week, it makes perfect sense. If you can find a reason you love your spouse, you might have put yourself in trouble. Because when that reason isn't there anymore, you become agitated, you become frustrated, you start thinking about leaving, and for some people, um, divorce eventually happens. So these people are just trying to entangle God, put him in an, uh, Jesus, put him into an entanglement. But I trust Jesus. He always found a way to unentangle himself. I wish that babe had met him. Alright, moving on. Um, he replied, have you never read that he... I, see, guys, this is my heart of today's session. This is my heart. And maybe because I've experienced this personally... So God has put the burden in my heart even more. 
But this is my call for today's teaching. He replied, have you never read that he who made them, this is God, capital H, capital W, he who made them from the beginning, made them male and female. We're talking about marriage now, male and female, so lesbian, gay, married, yeah, it's not recognized by, by scriptures. And said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be united, firmly, joined inseparably to his wife. AMPC, I'm reading, Amplified Classic inseparably to his wife inseparably to his wife and the two shall become one flesh yeah thank you thank you i see you um bola i'll just go to call you bola <laughs> yeah one flesh one flesh and my husband will often teach see you know, people say, oh, divorce, I'm divorced, I'm happy now, you know, I'm there for my kids, I'm no longer upset, I'm no longer living under in a man's shadow, and all of that. But this is the truth about divorce, for someone who's been through it. The Bible says you become one flesh. You cannot separate yourself from yourself, physically speaking, one flesh. You can't separate the skin from the skeleton. And you say, oh, we're all happy, I'm no longer sad, I'm no longer living in a man's shadow. You'll be in the hospital. You will have stitches. You will have a scar to show for it. So please, don't even fall for that lie. And please, remember, we're talking about Christian marriage here. Christian marriage. There might be one or two, maybe some people had made mistakes before. One or two things happened here and there. They had to separate. I'm not judging them. I get it. If a man wants to break your head or something, leave. But see, I'm talking about getting, getting it right from the beginning. With a man and a woman whose heart are really to God. To God, God is the one that makes the difference. He's the one that is in your life that media cannot interrupt. His frequency is so clear, consistent, and loud that another frequency cannot jam it. Do you get what I'm saying? So forget all the things all those people say. There will be it here. Someone will suffer the pain. They might not show it to you, but I promise you it is going on somewhere. Especially if they have children, the children are confused, the children are disoriented. If you're living abroad or you have to go and spend weekend with daddy and then come back during the week to spend with mommy, there's a custody battle in the courts. Mommy is now dating somebody else. Should I call him dash? Should I call him step dash? Should I call him femish? Should I call him chat? It's a lot. It's a lot. So divorce is... is... <sighs> Let's continue to read. This is the last thing I'll say. I'll talk about um, love not having a condition next week. This is the last thing I'll end with this. They said to him, okay, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. Verse six, what therefore God has joined together. Let no man, including yourself, let no man, including the husband, including the wife, put asunder or separate. It is God that has joined them together. It is not the court. Yes, for, you know, to be law-abiding citizens. Ah, Lord, as I just said, that something else just came to mind. I will talk about it next week. Law abiding citizens. Because if you are from a kingdom, there are rules that govern a kingdom, right? And if you do not abide by the rules, they will throw you in jail. So we're talking about a kingdom and a modus operandi in this thing. This married thing is part of the modus operandi of, of, of the kingdom. So and when I say there are rules, I will explain better next week. If we don't play by them, we are going to end up in the jail of life. And you can't blame God. Alright? 
Verse 7, they said to him, Why then did Moses command us to give a certificate of divorce and first to dismiss and repudiate a wife? Straight from another for another day. We see that in Numbers and uh, Lumbers, Numbers and Exodus, I believe. Hopefully I can talk about it next week. He said to them, Jesus speaking now, because of the hardness, the stubbornness and perversity of your hearts, Moses permitted you to dismiss and repudiate and divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it has not been so ordained. Please let that scripture sink into your brain. Let that come first before you start thinking of God said I can divorce on the grounds of adultery. Right? Let that, what verse is that? Genesis 19 verse 8. So, a core reason that people end up in divorce is because I shall not grin. No, I cannot take it. No, I'm not going to bow down for this. No, I've had enough is enough. No, the only enough is enough. We know the enough that is enough now. No, it, it is no. I won't talk to him. Go and malice for one week. Um, no, 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 no. Don't go out. I must go out. Sir. Don't do this. I must do it. Stubbornness of your heart. You've gone for counseling session. The counselor said you should do this. You did not do it. And do stubbornness of your heart. I know, like I said, remember, it's very clear. I will come to it. If you, if your mind has a reason that it will not work, your heart will go in that direction, and it's not a conscious thing. You know how people say you have bad friends, but no, I'm different. I know what I'm doing. It's a lie. It's not a matter of I'm different. Friendship is a vibe. It's a frequency. It's an energy. It will jump on you. No matter how astute you are, something, whether it's in foul language, whether it's in failing in school, whether it's in doing the wrong stuff now and then, it will jump on you. Verse 9, I say to you, whoever dismisses, repudiates his wife, except on chastity, okay, except on chastity, that's where they come to now, say, except on chastity, and marries another, commits adultery, and who marries a divorced woman, commits adultery. On a light note, a sidestep on that. So if your wife has not committed adultery, and you divorce her, what the Bible is saying is that anybody who marries her has committed adultery. And if you marry another person, you've also committed adultery, right? Initially, I used to think to myself, eh, maybe you can divorce on the grounds of adultery because, quote, unquote, the person has broken the covenant, right? Because sex, that exchange of blood, exchange of fluids, mm-hmm, abuse and forceful marriage causes women to die, marriage, I agree. That is the real marriage. It's not the ring, it's not the court papers, not the certificates, it's not all of that. Because if the court burns down today and in Nigeria where they don't even have records, how would they know I'm married? Me that I did not do newspaper advice that I got married. Who we know? So it's that sex. It's the God that joins together. So I used to think to myself, eh, so they've broken the covenant. Eh, so they can maybe, maybe, maybe. It might, but let's read on. Verse 10. The disciples said to him, if the case of a man with his wife is like this, then it is neither profitable nor advisable to marry. That means in their minds, they are thinking, ah, I can't divorce my wife. Okay, if I now have a reason to divorce her, if someone else marries her, she has committed adultery. If I marry another person, I've committed adultery. Which way now for marriage? What is going on? Christian men seriously abuse their wife using culture as an excuse. No. No. Okay, let me write that down. So I'll talk about culture and the tra- culture, Christ and the traditions of men. But if you're, I don't know if you've been on the call from the beginning. Romeo, I'm not sure if that's your name. I'm sorry. Romero or something. I'm not sure. If you've been on the call, you know we're talking about a Christian married and the man who has the heart of Christ. A man who has the heart of Christ might make a mistake, but it's not his MO at all. It's not part of his makeup. So the disciples are now like, 
It's a hot. Oh, I don't want to jump ahead of myself. Let me read the next verse. But he said to them, okay, let's jump to verse 11. But he said to them, not all men can accept this saying, but it is for those to whom the capacity to receive it has been given. Let's jump all the way to verse 13. So Jesus talks about marriage up to verse 12. Then in verse 13, imagine how do you go from talking about marriage for 12 verses. And then in verse 13, he goes, then little children were brought to Jesus. Then that he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. 14 but he said leave the children alone allow the little ones to come to me and do not forbid or restrain or hinder them for of such as these is the kingdom of heaven composed made up of and then the holy spirit said to me it's a heart matter it's a heart matter you go about talking about marriage and divorce and then we talk about children children who are innocent who are pure are trying to come to Jesus and the disciples are trying to break them off. Jesus is trying to tell us something that I will not cut off anybody who has okay so I'm going to put up the, the session on IG on YouTube and on my anchor page and I'll, I'll post that so that will give you some insight and I'm still going to continue laying foundations. I'm just laying foundations today. I'll continue laying foundations next week as well so that would help but I get your point. He's saying that Children, I, there's no restriction between me and children or a childlike heart because there's purity, there's innocence. They want to come to me. They want to know me. They want to receive from me. I can mold them. I can make them. I can cause them to conform to me. So don't hinder them. Don't drive them away. Let them come to me so I can make them now that they're still makeable. I hope someone is getting this. I sound like my husband now. I hope someone is getting this. I hope, I really hope someone is getting this. And so, when the disciples are saying, I said, what will it profit me to get married now? If I marry, wahala. If I divorce, wahala. Mm-mm. God is saying it's a hard thing. Don't look for a way to justify your divorce. Divorce is a permissive thing. It's not a divine mandate. It's a, it's a self-decision. It's not a divine mandate. It's not. It's not. It's a hard thing. And then I began to think about it. That when, quote unquote, I break my covenant with God. When I do things that he doesn't like, does he divorce me? When you're sinning, quote unquote, or when you sin, because believers are not sinners. Believers are not sinners. We might sin, but we are not sinners. A sinner is a different person. A sinner is a person that doesn't have the nature of God. What advice we give to a woman whose husband has brainwashed the children's mind with stories of their mother and her people being witches and okay um i will address that but you're at the beginning of this call ugona you might need to talk about this personally and also you might need to watch the beginning but i'll jot that down we, we can dm about this because it's it's like a kind of different matter but you need to watch the beginning of this because i'm sure that will answer some questions So he said, when, oh, I, God doesn't divorce me. I might have broken, quote unquote, the covenant with him. But that's what the Bible says. Even when I'm not faithful, God is faithful. And when I talk about love not having a condition next week, you understand what I'm saying. Oh, okay, you just joined. Okay, thank you. You might have to listen to the beginning, but we can DM. God does not divorce me. Why? Because God's love is strong, is potent, and is powerful enough to draw me back to him. Whew, next week is going to be really good. When I talk about agape. 
Agape is the only kind of love you can have to sustain in marriage. The way God, oh, God bless you, the friend that was invited, that invited you. Agape is the only way you can sustain in marriage the way God wants it. Erotic will not give you that. Filio will not give you that. You know, you know when we talk about marry your friend, that's still kind of on the level of filio. But when you get into agape, of course there's restoration, Kemstar. When you get into agape and you understand the love of God and you transpose it into your marriage, even when there's adultery, remember, we're talking about a Christian marriage. So if the foundation is right, we might not even need to be talking about this. But even when there's adultery, and as I'm saying it, I'm like, God, help me. I'm praying by God's grace it will never happen. But if for whatever reason I commit adultery or my husband commits adultery, God, let this be true in my life. That the way you could take me back is the way my husband will take me back. And it's the way I will take him back because it is a hard thing. Divorce is permissive will of, of your own will. It is not a divine mandate. If your heart is right before God, you can avoid a divorce. As I will sh show you last week, your divorce does not just affect you. It affects the whole community. Hmm. Nice one, Kuridi. It affects the whole community. When the fabric of the single person and then the married couple begins to get torn, it trickles down to the society. So when we're talking about children who are now rebellious, who are now disobedient, recalcitrant, it can be traced back. Science has proven that psychological um, things like depression, psychologically clinical issues can be traced to a dysfunctional family. And then it shows up in other kinds of things in life. So please, we must divorce-proof our marriages. By God's grace, we must divorce-proof our marriages. It's a heavy one. It's a very heavy one. This last thing I've said, it's heavy. It's heavy. Next week, I'm going to talk about the fact that you're supposed to get married to someone and have absolutely no expectations of that person. When I heard it too first, I'm like, ah, which way? Which way? All this rev, 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 rev. But you're supposed to marry that person and have no expectations of that person. And you're supposed to love that person. I'm going to talk more about how divorce tears the fabric of the society. I'm going to talk about, I spoke about the men today, the kind of men. Because another, what, I did not, um, what I did not say in that Genesis chapter 2, I, I spoke about the four kinds of things a man should be. What I did not talk about is that the, after stating those four kinds of things, that was when the Bible now said, in verse 18 that now the Lord said it is not good that the man should be alone sir Uvon King sir good evening sir it's so good to see you so good to see you thank you so much sir so after God had established the man in power he he had the essence of God the purpose of God the he could protect protect his family protect what God had given to him preserve tend so that preservation, preserving your marriage, how are you taking care of the woman, how are you taking care of the man? And next week, I'm going to talk about anticipating it and caring. How do you anticipate it? How do you care? The, the Bible says that when the man could do all these things, then the Bible now said it is not good for man to be alone. Until he can do all these things, it is good for him to be alone. So ladies, I've spoken about the men today. Next week, I'm going to talk about the women while I build up on the other points. If a man is not aligned in those, those P's that we spoke about, the Bible said that it is good for him to be alone. Because it was when God had established the man in those areas, he now said it is not good for man to be alone. I'm going to end it now. 
I hope you guys have learned at least one thing that has resonated with you. Um, you might not have to get everything at once, but you know, there are some, sometimes it's not that you got some things you might even write to your notes when you go for seminars and all, it's not that you remember everything. It's not that you remember everything, but just being in that same mind space, it does something to your mind and it makes you know, I need to change. I need to learn something. I've, I've, I've been for many, I've been for many financial, um, seminars and I didn't really understand everything they were talking about. I didn't understand the multi-level marketing they were talking about. I didn't really understand the investments they were talking about. <laughs> At some point in my life, investments, with this 50,000 I have, well, I didn't understand it. But just being in that space, that space where I know that my money can work for me, my money can multiply, I can live on passive income, I can get to a stage in my life where I wake up and I, I'm receiving alerts. Just being in that mind space did something for me. And then it propelled me to want to know even more. So you might not understand everything, especially if you're maybe you're still growing in your spiritual walk. But the fact that you have been here today, it will make your mind begin to think that, okay, maybe, perhaps, actually, maybe. It will begin to recalibrate your mind. And I have prayed. And there are people praying with me on this. Now, even if you don't want to hear what, the Spirit will draw you. The Spirit will arrest you. The Spirit will cause you to have a detour. The Spirit will not your heart. You will start dreaming about me. Somebody is actually going to dream about me. Somebody is actually going to dream about me. And it's not because you like me or believe everything I've said. It's because God is trying to help you. God is trying to help you. So I'm not saying listen to me for the rest of your life. You can get any other relationship teacher you want. But let this be a turning point. Alright, thank you guys so much. I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful. Please do not forget to tag me. And it's not for my name. You don't even have to. Just You just have to tag me so I will see it. Because it doesn't even have to be with my name. But let's just do this. Expose, understanding, marriage. One thing I learned. Two things I learned. Something, something, something. Tag me, please. Alright? Thank you so much. Thank you guys so, so much. My husband said it was an amazing session. Ha. I've blown. If none of you even think it was amazing. I have blown. <laughs> but thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. I'm very grateful. Temi T, I love you. We need to hang out. Can this stop being audio and move to visuals? Let's talk. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Have a good night and God bless you. See you next week. Um, from next week, it's going to be from 7 p.m. But you'll see the flyer from next week all the way till November. It's going to be from 7 p.m. But see you guys. Love you. Marriages are working. Relationships are working. And God is working. <laughs>